One, two, three. Welcome to Three Song Stories, the podcast that gets our guests talking like there's no microphone in front of them, despite there being one right there. Thanks to the magic of the song story. Thanks for listening. I'm Mike Canary. Our guest today is Desiree De Molina. Desiree is an arts marketer who says she enjoys the theoretical and philosophical foundations of thinking, speaking, and writing, the quest for human communication and storytelling. She's got a poetic nature, too, in case you couldn't tell already. Desiree is communications manager at the Alliance for the Arts in Fort Myers, where she passionately works to connect people to each other and the arts, not only as an economic driver, but also as a source of reform, healing, connection, and reflection. Originally from Fort Lauderdale, Desiree is Florida-born and bred. While she received a healthy dose of travel and sightseeing as a child, thanks to her mother's career as a flight attendant, she elected to keep somewhat close to home, receiving her B.A. in Communication and Public Relations from Florida Gulf Coast University in 2016. Ever since, she says she spent her free time and her not-so-free time dreaming up how to promote creativity as a holistic part of our community. Desiree started at the Alliance as my intern, and we always had a lot of laughs, so this ought to be a hoot. And now it's song story time. Hey there, Desiree at Art and Lee. <laughs> Desiree at Art and Lee dot org. How are you? I am well. I am cozy. Wait, um, is that like Reese's Pieces? <laughs> <laughs> that is my uh, current work email wow. address. I don't know if I'll be found now, but that's fine. You know, it's <laughs> funny because I was thinking of things to ask you that are music related about the Alliance, and it occurs to me now, just now, that you, that's one of the things you do is you turn things into songs. Yes. <laughs> this was an inevitable conversation. Okay. I felt it. Well, I didn't even think that until just now. Yes. So I'm sure it'll come back up. Do you remember uh, at the Alliance when you said to me one day, you should start a podcast? You said Did that I to say, me. You I said that to me. This? Just during one of our conversations, you were like, not this idea. No. But just the notion. It was the first time I was like, oh, a podcast. That would be cool. But I wasn't working in radio. So anyway. Well, I'm glad to be a very small little, piece of the puzzle. A little, little blip <laughs> on the, the puzzle. The credit would yes. be like spiritual executive. <laughs> Actually, I would like that title full time in my life. <laughs> spiritual executive. Um, okay. Of all the things. Where did you grow up and what was the background music there uh, what do you remember? What were your parents doing? Like, paint that picture. Oh, there are many. There are many pictures to paint with this one. Um, I grew up in Fort Lauderdale, in what I often joke is the last of suburbia out there, um, in Cooper City, Florida. And my home, thanks to my parents, was always blistering with music of all varieties. Um, a lot of Prince, a lot of rock and roll. A lot of blues, a lot of jazz, a lot of everything. Um, and then as I, I grew up and started to establish my own musical profile, of course, I'd integrate myself and add and throw some show tunes in there as well. Um, but there was always music floating through the upstairs and the downstairs. And um, I had a very musical childhood. Was there any uh, places where your parents' musical tastes did not overlap? With each other or with me? With each other. Um, no, they were pretty on par. And um, I would even introduce them to some of the bands and the music that I would like at the time. And so it, it, was, it was loud and it was fun. And there was always dancing and a lot of energy in my home. Um, my parents did not play an instrument or anything like this. 
I at some point expressed interest. Well, I'll I'll rewind. Um, when I was, I grew up as an only child, and I was a little timid and bashful of the world um, hmm. because I sort of naturally had this disposition to be an observer. Um, I don't know if that is as a result of being an only child, but I watched the world and I was definitely stranger than my shy exterior suggested. And so in an effort um, to be broken out of my shell, my parents enrolled me when I was five years old into a musical theater summer camp. And that is where I would like to suggest my journey <laughs> begins. <laughs> um, my, my mom actually came to pick me up from camp one day a little early. And the musical director and the choreographer said, well, no, today is the, the day of audition. So before you depart, um, we need you to audition. And as a uh, reserved and pensive young person, I was like, oh, no, now I'm definitely on the spot. Like, this is even more terrifying than doing it in front of my peers. And um, I don't even know what to sing. I, I, I don't know what to do. Um, and I, I think I ended up singing Happy Birthday was the song of choice. Um, and then I left and did whatever I did that afternoon and returned to camp the next day. And I was cast as the role of Jasmine in the musical Aladdin. Oh, wow. So that was really like, throw it's me like all a, like in. like a side role, really. Yes. <laughs> is, is Happy Birthday in that musical? I don't no, think it is. No, no. So. It's a whole new year a whole new it's, it certainly is a whole new year in this memorable day and age of 2020 so how did that go did you take to it did you do more after uh i did i i stuck with um i stuck with musical theater and the arts up until maybe sixth or seventh grade and that to make the connection back is where i um evolved my interest into wanting to learn guitar and piano and take voice lessons and um, just have this pipe dream one day of being a performer. But now I only sing to the copy machine and in my shower. <laughs> so. What about like the guitar and stuff like that? Did any of that stick? Um, no, because young person practicing, not the best it's formula. No, it's not. It's, I, and I, I have considered it too. I think I would, I, I trust I would return to the piano first. I've always been drawn to the piano. There's something very poetic about a piano. So, so are you ready for some parallels? Sure. <clears throat> Bring them on. I grew up in Fort Lauderdale. Oh. Coral Springs. Okay. I am an only child. I am super weird. <laughs> and my parents, it, the, here's the diversion. Instead of them sending me to a theater camp, they sent me to piano lessons. Oh, my gosh. And so I learned piano, and then I taught myself guitar, and I'm still... Like you, like I, I, I stacked all of these. I learned flute, I learned piano, I learned guitar, and then I do not perform in front of people nowadays. I play at home. I play on my piano at home. Do you play for the copy machine? Uh, if we had, <laughs> if I, I would play. If they would let me bring a piano in here, I would play when no one else was here, which would defeat the purpose of having it. But yeah, like those all make sense to me because I thought that story was going to end with like theater camp like maybe turned me into an extrovert but like i'm i did all that music stuff and i've performed many times on stage but mm -hmm. i still like i don't feel the draw like to just get up on that stage like 
and belt it out or belt it out or play mm -hmm. like I love playing I don't like playing in front of people yes I share that sentiment that's why I will have a concert in my home with my voice and a glass of wine <laughs> alone. And, and I, I, too, I have played my guitars and stringed instruments thousands of hours to no one. To no one. <laughs> yeah. To the void. To the void. To the void. Um, Richard uh, and I are like twin flames in some strange you guys way. Are like inverted. The frequency's yes. inverted or oh, something. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> um, uh, uh, did your parents have any music that you didn't understand? Um, I'm certain at that point, as a young child... Yes. If I were to try to pinpoint something, I'm drawing a blank. You um, probably ignored it because you didn't understand it, so you don't remember right. it. Right. Um, <laughs> yes, that's probably a correct statement. Earliest musical memory you can recall? Um, well, actually, that ties into my first song. Am I jump jumping the gun here? Yes. Yes. Okay. I'll ask you that question in like three minutes. Okay. Um, uh, Back first, it up, reverse. First band you, um, like, this was the band that I, f I love, mm -hmm. you know. The first band that I love growing up in an era of emo music. So I have to suggest, and they were also my first concert, was Panic at the Disco. Oh. Gwen's huge into that. Yes. <laughs> the only reason I know what it is is because of her. Well, her and I could have many conversations. But yeah, that was that was. And my... they're still around, right? Or they um, just came back last year. Yes, I think it's just the the front man now. He yeah, they still called I, that because she went to a concert in like South Carolina. Yeah, her mom just, surprised a, her in the middle of the night. Woke her up in the middle of the night, and they drove to South Carolina. For it's a, a solo project now. Oh, kept the identity. That's good branding, good marketing there. First music you owned yourself. First music I owned. I actually have a vivid memory of this. Um, and that is going to FYE in the mall when that was a physical place. Children. It's there's, still there. there oh, in the Edison it, Mall. Is there really one? Yeah. I can't even tell. I almost, I almost bought a full-size stand-up of Sherlock there because it was on sale. That and sounds like to, you. And I went back. It was for Gwen. It was for Gwen's mom for Christmas. And then we went back the next day and somebody had bought it. Oh, it was sad. wasn't That's meant to be. It's like reverse buyer's remorse when yeah. you don't get it in that moment. Yeah. Um, so anyway, you went into the FYE. I did. I went into the <laughs> FYE and I spent my allowance on um, Aqua, I believe, is the band. They're the, they're the group that does the Barbie Girl That's song. That's Aqua, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, I remember coming home that evening and placing the CD. Um, we had a stereo in our living room. And when I say... That I grew up in a house that played loud music. I'm talking about like those two rectangular large speakers on either side of the stereo that just were placed in such a way that it could echo throughout the whole space. Um, so I placed the CD in, and I don't think this was the first song on the album, but I remember playing Oh My My um, very loudly and so proud of my of my first physical purchase of music and dancing around the home and I, I remember what the cd looks like too it was blue of course because aqua so um so if i ask you to go back as far as you can and recall an early musical memory what would you do what would i do i'd reach down into my brain thank you for answering my <laughs> awkward question very precisely <laughs> and um <laughs> 
close my eyes and try to resurrect my earliest musical memory. Um, I heard it has to do with your first song. It does have to do with my first song. (laughs) Um, So, again, to reiterate, lots of music all of the time and lots of variety of music, but a lot of rock and roll. Um, And I, I was not and am not unfamiliar with uh, Led Zeppelin. But I remember, and this is this overlaps with the same sort of era of being a self-effacing five-year-old and walking up the stairs one day because Led Zeppelin was just blasting through the home. Um, in particular, one song, which was Going to California, which is my first song. Um, And my dad was home at the time listening to it, and his door was shut. And I'm like, well, aren't we going to have a dance party if the music is playing this loud? And so I creaked open the door because what five-year-old has the manners to knock? And I caught a visual of my dad sitting at his desk with his head down, just completely absorbed in the moment, um, and very clearly touched. And as a young person, I, I didn't realize that people could be tearful without being sad. Um, and then to see my, my father sad, not necessarily sad, just uh, overwhelmed with emotion in that moment. Um, I, maybe not in that exact and precise moment, but after I stepped away and digested that visual, Realize the impact that music could have on a person's life and stage and memory. Um, So I retreated out of the office, but the song and the visual stick out pretty, pretty vividly to me. Shall we? We shall. Uh, Going to California, Led Zeppelin, uh, Led Zeppelin 4, released in 1971. I have lost myself in that song many times, but not as deeply in the quality of these headphones. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I'm about to steal all of your equipment. <laughs> um, it's, it's powerful because it, it reminds me of that moment and how in that moment, um, or several moments past that moment, I really started to attach myself to um, these certain stages of life and associating a song with them. Um, But it also reminds me of my youth. Um, I'm I'm very fortunate that I was able to travel a lot as a young child, um, thanks to my mother's career as a flight attendant. And the song is about fresh starts and going elsewhere. And there have been several points in my life where I've sat on an airplane and played that song specifically with the moment associated in mind and also with um, excitement and anticipation for the future of whatever the trip or the journey was ahead of me. Song's got a lot of magic in it. It certainly does. And I hadn't listened to it in a long time. I mean, Led Zeppelin's not really on my normal rotation, but I've heard that song a thousand times in those same places, and I was overwhelmed. Kinda, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's one of those. <laughs> the um, <clears throat> top YouTube comment on it is uh, when I looked. 
how do you even write this? <laughs> it's certainly a valid question. How do you even capture? That's But that's the power of music and storytelling. And how do you even write this? Yeah. And how do you make it so timeless? Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you listen to Led Zeppelin still? Is that something? I do. Yeah. I do. Yes. Um, embedded in me, I think, is, is a lot of Led Zeppelin. Um, and The Doors as well. Uh, the Doors was my, my mother's favorite favorite group. So that's kind of a, a part of my blueprint. I got that. Um, uh, does your dad know this story? Yes. Um, can I break the fourth wall? I've been really nervous about doing that, but I'm going to. No, that, <laughs> okay. that's what we're all about. There's, no, there's not a fourth there's wall no, in this show. Right. We have five Goodbye. walls. Pretty, pretty, oh. hi, we're a penta, hi, penta room. Penta room. <laughs> hi, guys. We're in the studio right now. There's no fourth wall. You okay. Great. Lovely. Yeah. Um, so I actually um, I saw my dad a, a few weeks ago when we sat on um, we sat on Delnor Wiggins beach and we caught up and we started to pack up and head back and I said, well, um, do you mind if I tell a story about you to an unknown amount of people? And he asked, well, what story is it? And I said, well, it's the one where I'm young and um, I walk in on you having a, a very overwhelming moment with Going to California by Led Zeppelin. And um, he approved. And we actually drove back with the windows down on a beautiful day with blue skies in the background, listening to this song in the car, blasting. So that was the evolution, too, of of having this early early, um, recall of him and then further sharing the moment to bring us now where I'm talking about it and, and capturing it again um, and driving with the windows down in the car, blasting it and basking in the approval that I could share this tale. And now, you know, the nature of what we've come across, this thing, this noun we call a song story, mm-hmm. um, you've got one now because you prepared for this show and had that conversation with him because next time you're out in the wild and you hear going to California, you're not only going to be a five-year-old, you're going to be a you now with him in that car. Mm-hmm. Isn't that cool? And uh, me here, too, and yeah. recapping this and <laughs> reflecting on the human experience and all of its entanglements. <laughs> That's what we try to get to. So, bravo. Um, what did you want to be when you grew up, when you were a kid? I wanted to be everything and nothing at all. Um, I guess I've alluded to to one vision, which was some sort of performer. I think that's natural as a, a, a young child to want to dream big in that way until I came to the revelation that actually I don't want to do it in front of a crowd. Um, but words and storytelling and reading have always been entwined and enchained in me. So for a while, believe it or not, I uh, suspected that I might travel down the route of being a music journalist hmm. because I, I loved music so I can much. See that. Um, and to be able to travel to attend concerts, review albums, um, try to capture and echo and dissect the mood of um, a certain record or uh, the journey of a certain artist. Um, I thought that was, I thought that for some time was the the route I would take. Um, and then I became less specific and just said journalism for a little bit. I considered uh, 
career path in psychology as well until I realized I'm just far too empathetic and that would never work out. Destroy you. Yes. <laughs> Annihilated completely. Um, so a gamut of things. I ended up in the right place, though, I think. <laughs> um, so you came to FGCU. I did. Uh, how did you, why did you choose FGCU? Um, frankly, because it was far enough away from home, but also close enough. It's just a... I think it, Richard resonates mm-hmm. with that, too, I bet. Yes. Just a, a two-hour adventure across the state. Um, and I had I had toured a lot of colleges, um, too, throughout the state of Florida, and... As exciting as the idea of attending a big school might be to some, it it certainly wasn't to me. Um, And I often joked that I wanted to be a big fish in a a small pond. Um, So I I travel here. I remember my dad calling me. I was at the mall with um, my friend from high school. And he said, oh, I just received a letter of acceptance from FGCU. Um, I, I wanted to let you know. Um, and of course I said, oh, thanks for that. And I hung up the phone and I let my friend know. And she said, oh, well, that's where I'm going to go to school. And I said, okay, well now the pieces are sort of falling into place and travel, travel with you. Um, any musical memories from your time here? Concerts, bands you discovered, anything like that? Um, not particularly. Um, I think I... I think I had established my archive at that point of the the songs and the artists that really truly grounded me. Um, and and growing up in high school too, a lot of that music came from. There is a place, and Richard might know this, the Culture Room. Yes, and yes. Um, they. It, it's a pretty cozy venue, and while they did attract some larger bands and musicians, um, a lot of the artists would play there unknown for like ten dollar tickets. So I'd head there with my friends and um, share that experience. There's something so powerful about being at a concert. There really is. And the world's lacking that right now. I feel like maybe there's some big hidden battery that's being diminished that we don't realize. Yeah, more than likely, I would suggest. Um, You said you wanted to be a big fish in a small pond. How big a fish were you at FGCU? Um, I had an excellent first semester. I... had a rocky second semester, and then I found my footing again. I, but I think that's natural when you ask uh, a 17, 18-year-old what they want to do for the rest of their life, and they feel um, sucked into this vortex of introspection and trying to make a decision of what the answer and the vision might look like. Um, so I, I propelled myself down a rabbit hole a little bit there to try to come to some sort of answer um, before realizing that it, it doesn't have to be an absolute one. Yeah, now, people, people ask that question like like you're going to figure it out for sure or you won't do anything for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Like that, that you've got this ticking clock. You're like, if you're not, if you don't have a degree and know what you want to do by 22, then that's it. But like one of my best friends in the world was in his last semester of business school and then threw all of it out and became an artist and now he's a he's a comic book illustrator and he's a good one it's amazing the, the but that's part of the experience and the process you filter out through it yeah what the answers are so speaking of filtering i didn't know i was gonna have such a great segue <laughs> <laughs> um confirm for me a story that you told about doing your final project in a class that entailed you going up in front of the class 
and silently eating raw oysters. Oh my <laughs> goodness. Yeah, that filtration thing was... <laughs> See what I did there? Uh, really, really clever of a connection. Um, this was a... This is my senior year, um, the semester right before I graduate. And I had to fill an elective. I had one outstanding elective, and um, I didn't really know what to take. Um, so I registered for a performance art class. And I mean, like, perform not performing arts. Performance arts. Performance ah, art. I, that's the part I don't remember yes. remembering. Um, and I thought, okay, well, this will be certainly interesting. Um, and it absolutely was. And the first assignment was to have a performance of self. Again, when I registered for this class, I did not really process that I might have to do something in it. I thought I would just soak up some information right. and watch some. You didn't think you were going to have to become a yes. short-term performance artist. Yes. Um, but I really submitted myself to it because at the time, you know, I'm at the end of my college career. I'm filtering through ha huh, filters. The theme there we of the go. Show. The theme of the show. I'm 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 trying to determine what the next um, trajectory for myself looks like. So I'm I'm really trying to embrace this idea of being your most authentic self. Um, and aside from the fact that I just absolutely adore oysters, um, I came to this conclusion because of the pearl that the oyster possesses and all of the grit that the pearl is made of um so it was it was more so uh, a moment that entwined and enchained um my story of my experiences um in front of a bunch of students um silently eating raw oysters with a set of pearls on um, and a black dress. I think I was trying to be something akin to Audrey Hepburn in Breakfast at Tiffany's. Um, it's a. It was a moment I'm actually very proud of too. Uh, to step outside of my box and uh, shovel some raw oysters on campus and keep them in my bag, and I kept them a secret too because I didn't want anybody to know what I had had in store um, for my performance of self. Well, I'm glad I remembered it. Yes. <laughs> Let you tell your story to who knows how many people. Um, how did the Alliance internship come across your radar? Do you remember that? I do remember that. Um, I had I had had some experiences interning at various other places, um, one of them being a chamber of commerce and a marketing firm. And so that's a very business-oriented uh, thing to have to do on a week- weekly basis. And I I was a little exhausted because I needed something at that point um, to speak to my soul. So I, I began to look at um, art centers in the area, and I emailed two or three times before I finally walked in one day and said, yes, hi, I'd like to intern here. And uh, that internship eventually led to where I am today. To this very day. <laughs> to this very moment. What were your impressions of the place? Um, I felt at home immediately walking in uh, to the gallery because, of, of course, I um, there's a gallery on campus here, but 
I in the in my hometown um there were tons of galleries and that that was a activity that I would do with my friends and also when I would travel with my family we would always um stumble upon art museums and art galleries and performing arts centers and I felt like I had uh been lacking in being in a space like that so I was very uh excited and very um very energized by walking into the gallery on the first day and learning about all of the other bells and whistles to the building too that happened to what did you there. think when um when on your first i think it was your first day when i made you go to the popcorn <laughs> i made you go to the theater to get a big bag of popcorn and we had never done that before so i was no. like oh, let's see if she figures it out i think i have a, a you photo. came back with like 20 gallons of popcorn. yes and it, it was all in one enormous trash bag too in my front seat I have the photo on my phone still, I think, because it was just so absurd and so ridiculous. And I was like, made, she's going to be a good minion. She I came back with popcorn. It, and I think I just shoved a bunch of popcorn in my uh, in a bag, too, after that and took it home. Oh, so. that's so funny. Um, uh, uh, so um, do you have minions now? Do I do have Do you min- call them minions? Uh, no, I do no. not call them minions. Oh, okay. And I do not have minions now. It's a little bit of a different world right now. Oh, so. okay. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, I guess because of social all the social everything or lack of social damn plague um i had a dream last night this true story that i went to the alliance and i went by lydia's office and she wasn't there but her door was open so i went to go over to the theater see if she was there and the car the gallery had been carpeted in teal green carpet and i thought that's a really weird choice yeah what is that representative of i don't know (laughs) but it happened um do you have any songs associated with the alliance uh, probably the ones that I sing all the time to the to the printer. Um, oh, actually, I do have a song associated with the Alliance. Every day is a winding road. <laughs> because every day is a winding road at the Alliance. Yes, for the arts? yes. It's what happens when you work with creative people. Ah, I remember those times. Um, oh, just for the sake of clarity, so Desiree was my minion, and then I left, and she took over for me. So yes. she has my old email address. And uh, I owe my career to Mike Canary. Ah, uh, you know. Uh, time for your second song. <laughs> time for my second song. Um, I will share my tale first um, because it has a curious connection to the first song of going to California. In that, I made it to California with my dad and um, and my mom, and it was uh, March. A month before my 16th birthday, it was spring break, and we flew into San Francisco to see the sights, the cable cars. Um, Curious enough, my uncle, I I don't know if he was in town um, in San Francisco for a lecture or just happenstance or he was living and still lives in Alaska, so short jump, I suppose. Um, But he was there, too. And truly, the the plan um, was that we'd have a f- couple of days in San Francisco. My mother would leave from San Francisco to return to Fort Lauderdale. And my father and I would rent a car from San Francisco and drive down the Pacific Coast Highway to Los Angeles, fly out of Los Angeles, and go home to Fort Lauderdale. And the day before, this was all going to take place. Um, we had a wonderful experience. Um, and my mom and I were out 
shopping and pollinating the streets one more time before she departed. And her wallet was stolen. Pollinating? Pollinating. Putzing around, strolling. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, pollinating the streets. <laughs> and her wallet was stolen. And um, that's a pretty detrimental thing to happen when you are across the country. And I don't – it all happened to work out because she ended up returning home. Um, but the giant question mark was – well, are my father and I going to take this road trip still? Um, and we did the next day. We we rented a car. Um, it was a Chevy HHR, I think, but it was all black and it kind of looked like a hearse. So we were joking that we were traveling through the state of California in a hearse. Um, and there's something just so absolutely magnificent about um, the space where mountains and oceans meet. So I'm having a very spiritual experience as a soon-to-be 16-year-old person um, digesting a new visual, a new geographical location, um, sharing this moment with my father in a car, of course, driving, listening to music. Um, But this next song story comes particularly from driving between um, a mountain valley and fiddling with the radio until we stumble upon a college station. And this next song comes on um, almost immediately as if to have the atmospheric tone and mood sort of narrate this this drive and this moment in time. Um, I remember feeling boundless and infinite because behind the scenes, too, I was falling in love for the first time as a 15-year-old. Um, my, my high school sweetheart, who was also um, my neighbor was scaling the fence to the backyard while I was gone in California on this trip and stuffing love letters throughout the backyard and sleeping um, in my parents' hammock under the stars in the moon. But they weren't love letters necessarily to me directly because before I left, we generated this narrative that we had to be separated because we were like Bonnie and Clyde. And the only way that this we wouldn't get caught and this would be successful is if I ran away to San Francisco and he stayed put where he was. So I was writing letters in return about how difficult it was to have this space between us and how nervous I was that we were going to get caught for our crimes, which at this point, I don't remember what they were. Um So all of those things kind of wrapped up and bundled into this idea of discovery and um, infinity and joy and youth I associate with this next song. Let's listen to it. Uh, Porcelain by Moby from the 1999 album Playing by Heart. So what were you dwelling on during that listening session? Um... A portion of it was me trying to remember, because this this was maybe, what is this, 2010, how I noted with the title 
and the artist of that song was, they must have said it on the radio after it concluded, and I just drilled it into my brain. So, um, And then I remember listening to it on loop ever on the plane ride back somehow, and um, – no, that's probably a lie because how would I have downloaded it at yeah, that point? Yeah, you would have yeah. had to have like gone to a record store and gone yeah, a lot of CDs. It's a little aggressive. Well, I remember listening to it on a loop once I finally returned home and read my love letters, which I still have, by the way. They are in a red velvet box on the top tier of my closet. How long was that guy around? He um, seems like he was playing the game pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we we often had a lot of characters together, um, and we we spent our sophomore through senior year of oh. high school together. So, three years, yeah. Still stay in touch. Mm. I didn't say that right. Quite <laughs> no, still stay in touch. Uh, no, no. Uh, outside of outside of nice fond moments that exist in my brain. No, Roger that. Um, if you were a championship wrestler, what kind of song would you come in on? Oh my gosh, me as a championship ship ship. I can see you in glow. <laughs> uh, oh, that's that's fair. That's fair. Although I've never watched that, I'm I'm getting the vibe of all of the neon and the hair. And um, okay, well, it's got to be a a hype song of some variety. I think I'd be. Supersonic by JJ Fab. Supersonic. <laughs> That's great. That has the right kind of thing. That's for sure. Um, uh, okay, singing to copy machines. Uh, do you got any um, uh, TV theme songs committed to memory that you'll sing with us? Oh, this is very lame of me um, because I don't. I don't traditionally watch television. That's not lame of you. That makes you a superhuman. Yes. Yeah, but I know the era you grew up in. <laughs> That's... And there were lots of TV shows with theme songs that I hey, probably Jessie, watched a lot of. Feels like a party. <laughs> <laughs> um, I could probably do SpongeBob. Oh. It's like... always a yes here. We'll yes. take SpongeBob if you want to do a little SpongeBob. Did the TV watching start with your parents, or did that just be you when you got in charge of your TV watching? Um, the lack of TV watching? Yeah, yeah. Um. Uh, probably started with my parents. We were more movie people, movie folk, um, than television folk. Although I do love a good binge situation. Um, but yeah, I just, I have an issue sitting still. I'm very fidgety and I like to putz and pollinate. Putz and pollinate. Putz and pollinate. the last thing you binged while I'm still looking this up? Um, I binged you on Netflix. Very dark and stormy and brooding and psychological, but that was... The month of October, so right. we had to we had to roll with it. You do embrace it, yes. All right, are, are you ready, kids? Aye aye, Captain! Oh, wow, oh, that was really loud. That was exactly on. Yeah, but the tone was perfect. That's like the one, two, three. Okay, here we go. Are you ready, kids? Aye aye, aye Captain. Captain. I can't hear you. Aye aye, Captain. Ooh. Oh. Lives in a pineapple under the sea. SpongeBob SquarePants. It's Bob's been yellow and porous as he. SpongeBob SquarePants. If nautical nonsense is something you wish. SpongeBob SquarePants. Then drop on the deck and flop like a fish. SpongeBob SquarePants. SpongeBob SquarePants. SpongeBob SquarePants. SpongeBob SquarePants. SpongeBob SquarePants. SquarePants. Remix. That's how Mike sings it. 
was one of the more ridiculous things I've done in my life, but I enjoyed oh, it. Oh, come on. That can't even be in <laughs> the top ten. Yeah, that's, that's true. Jeez. You went to theater camp. <laughs> also true. Okay, I'm getting all the fun questions through right now. Uh, if you were a cocktail or a drink of some kind, what would it be? Oh, delightful. Um, I'm inclined to say Sauvignon Blanc just because it is my favorite flavor of all time with everything. It is so crisp and so refreshing. Um, but I don't think if you melted me down and put me in glassware, <laughs> I would be that. I think I would be... <laughs> Distilled Desiree. <laughs> yes. Oh, well... That would That's be going to be the name of the cocktail. Exactly. Yeah, distilled Desiree. Um, so how do you make a distilled Desiree? There's got to be gin in there. Sure. I know that's really aggressive, but it's <laughs> got to be. There's got to be gin. Um, and not just any gin. It has to be Bombay Sapphire. Okay. And it's... Because you glow. No, she's got a brand. Uh, yes. Well, but this doesn't Bombay Sapphire. Isn't that the one that has the blue bottle? If you put black light oh, on it, yeah. it glows. Yeah. Well, I did not make that connection, but I will certainly take it. Um Freebie. What am I going to mix this with? I I want to do something light and unusual, like lavender or something. La- does lavender that, and gin could work. Does that work? Okay, lavender, then look, maybe that you know the, the 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 rage now is all these flavored, barely flavored waters. I call them like bubbly. <laughs> bubbly. Maybe there's a lavender bubbly. A lavender, a lemon lavender bubbly with gin. Okay, that's what we'll do. The distilled desert. The distilled We need Desiree. to actually make this. Uh, cocktail book that we keep I've got the list. to make. Yeah, I yeah, know. We just track. need to turn we it into a pro- product. We yeah. need to use it as well, product. Well, I'll drink to that. Um, I'll be the taste tester, certainly. Best <laughs> concert experience of your life? Oh, my goodness. There are a lot of those. Um, Liquid's still playing on YouTube. It's gone on to the Lion King. I was, I was kind of hoping that it would that um, if we let it go long enough, it was going to get to Aladdin and then you could... <laughs> <laughs> things to tell her, but how to make her see. Oh, well, now my sorry. brain's going down a different route. <laughs> sorry, sorry to do that to you. Um, what was the what question? Was the question? Oh, concerts. <laughs> concerts. Okay, Best, I'm choose, glad. Choose your favorite concert that you've been to. Oh, goodness. Um, I am, this is just so strange that I keep ending up on the other side of the country back in California. I'm not in San Francisco or Los Angeles or in a hearse. Um... <laughs> I'm in uh, San Diego with my parents again, and this is, this is, I believe, the first time I ever went to California. We traveled out there specifically um, for a festival called Street Scene because at the time it was a trifecta of headliners. It was Muse, it was Panic at the Disco, and it was The Academy Is. Um, and they used to, before this particular moment in time um they it was called street scene because they would shut down the downtown area of san diego but there was some disruption on that so they moved out into the middle of the mountain somewhere and they had several stages set up as only some sort of music festival would um and then on the main stage to see Muse, followed by The Academy Is, followed by Panic at the Disco. Actually, I'm not certain that's the correct order. But basically all of those guys in the span of like three hours was really ridiculously awesome. Do you remember the first song you slow danced to? Absolutely not. No? No. 
<laughs> must not have been a very good first slow dance. No. <laughs> during during the time when you might have been slow dancing in let's say high school, what slow dance I'm songs eighth grade. would have been around? Yeah, sure. Oh, I don't know. I'm drawing a blank. What is this? Eighth grade is 2008 for me. I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> all right. Fizzle, 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 fizzle. Um, uh, over, most overplayed song of all time, in your opinion. Sweet Caroline. Bum, 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 bum. Bum. I know um, I'm going to catch some no, angry mobs from that one. That's low-hanging but... fruit, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, do you like, uh, well, I think the answer is clearly yes. Broadway musicals, stage musicals? Yes, yes. yes. Um, favorite one you've gotten to see? Um. I love 42nd Street because I love the music and I love the era of um, that time and I love the costuming. Um, and it was the first Broadway musical that I saw on Broadway, too, so it holds a special space in my heart. Um, have you seen Baby Driver? Oh, absolutely. I was going to ask like if one you of like the greatest move musical movies, too. Yeah. But yeah, isn't that like yeah. I, I thought... I usually try to get to there, and I thought I'd just ask you because I have a feeling you'd just love it to death. I watched it twice in a row the first time I saw it. I'm like, I'm going to start that over. Watch yeah, it again. It's that good. Because I want to see it, what they just did to me, and mm-hmm. I want to do it again. It's one of the. Three, I might watch that tonight, even because it's one of it's so the three great. movies that I've gotten Gwen to watch that she's come back to me with like tears in her eyes because it's so freaking good. Yes, uh, it's that one. It's Once. She just fin- I finally just got her to watch Once, which is the Irish musicians. Good Lord, you haven't yes. seen once? No, I, I know. I'm seeing the logo of it. I'm seeing it, but I don't think I've ever seen it, seen it. Put that on your list. Okay. And um, Across the Universe? Yes. Oh, yes. I remember seeing that with my friends I in eighth grade. I remember when you saw that, Mike. I can make myself cry on demand by thinking about Let It Be in that song, in that movie. Oh, okay. Well, See, now we're now all, all going to cry hold just hand. by well, thinking about it. we can't hold hands it. because... But isn't that powerful? Like, how powerful is that as art that I can still just go back to that in my head and start to get weepy-eyed and, and internally messed up in a good way, you it's know? It's the feeling. <sighs> art for the win. Art for the win. Forever uh, and always. Uh, Got to go into another page. Um, when was the last time you bought music that had a physical form? I purchased um, one of from a family friend a graduation present um, because I that's that is music is my common ground with people um, and I received a teal record player um, when I graduated from FGCU as a graduation gift and I it came with a Kings of Leon record um, their most recent one which the the album is slipping out of my brain um but i went ahead and I, I bought all of the other kings of leon records to complete my set so that is the physical form uh do you listen to music on fm radio in your car no never very rarely you need to turn on 93.3 the tagger <laughs> i promise you that okay. it's the only local radio station we're listening to okay you never yeah. know if you're going to get frank sinatra or you know, Moby. I mean, everything. it's like it's, it's like Russian roulette of music. Is, yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, I like to I really like to curate my experiences when I'm driving. So I am very specific about what is floating through my car while I'm in it. How do you listen to music? Um, Loudly. I 
I always, and particularly in the last um, few months when life has been slow and confined to my my apartment and my space, um, I always have music on on in the background uh, through my through my Bluetooth. It's not a beatbox. What is this speaker? I suppose. Yeah. Um, and I used to really be rude to people with wireless headphones because I thought they were so lame. <laughs> but then I received a pair, and um, that's the other alternative is to be able to walk around and have the music in your brain and you're going about your day. Um, so those are those are my two main methods. All right. It is time for song number three. Song number three is, you know, here's the thing, is music is about progression as life is about progression. So I really struggled um, selecting a third song. The first one, absolutely, um, because that was a very poetic moment in my life. The second one, um could be swapped out with another tale of a similar sort. But this third one was so fluid, and the deeper I dove into um, the songs and the playlists that I had, the moments that exist within me and within my memory, um, the more complicated and entwined making a selection was. Um And as somebody who is self-described as very contemplated and and uh, pensive and likes to ponder a lot, it 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 just certainly was a challenge. And ultimately, I decided on this song um, because it is whimsical and it is absurd. And as much as I like to analyze the ins and outs of the world, I am also just utterly ridiculous. That's how I established this next choice. Is there a place it takes you to? Is there a time? Um, Off of this album, um, 13 Tales of Love and Revenge, there is certainly a time and a place that it takes me to. But I love the entire narration of this album, and it's it's something that I will listen to from start to finish in order. Um, But this song in particular... The pure whimsy of it is what really, really captivates me. Okay. Well, let's listen to it. I'm going to re-ask you where it takes you after we listen to it. Okay. Uh, Boring by the Pierces from their 2007 album that she just referred to. So obtuse. Um, I love the, it. In the pilot episode of this show, I asked Richard, because in one of the songs, he you could tell he really went a long way. I said something like, so where'd that song take you? It looks like it took you an awful long way. You were in it. I where was were, in it. You were, I could, you, yeah, you just, were not here. It's a nice reminder to not take myself so seriously, is what it is. Um, and certainly, I, I could select a few other songs that have the same sort of subject matter and story behind it of just... You are who your being is. Um, but this one in particular is a whole realm that I existed in my head on some days. So It's like a James Bond theme song, yes. kind of. It's, it's a little uh, risky <laughs> that yeah. I chose this one, but yeah. yeah. In, that the, thir- in that last verse, I thought they were going to start talking about Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Well, she said, Donna, they should have. <laughs> 
I was like, oh, this is going somewhere I didn't think it was going to go. So uh, so where does it take you back to, if there's a place it takes back to, um, or a time, or, you know? It, that whole album, particularly, is, is a space and a dreamscape that I feel that I exist in. It's very... Um, it's very feminine and girly and fun and f- just sort of ridiculous and lighthearted. But there's, on the flip side, this underbelly of a little bit of uh, of darkness and um, it's 13 Tales of Love and Revenge. It's the dichotomy of being a human being. It's kind of nihilist. Yes. Well, <laughs> You grin. I was, I, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, and that – I was wondering – during the song, I was like, this is a great reminder that we're really going to go there, that things are important, right? They are. But it doesn't really matter. Um, and that just circles back to don't take yourself so seriously, Desiree and everyone else. <laughs> I definitely have an approach like that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, your Instagram account. Yes. It's like you make still lifes. With pictures. Would that be a way to characterize it? I, yeah. I don't feel like you use Instagram in the way that most people use Instagram. I definitely don't. Um, and I'm okay with that. Um, and I don't. And I only recently, well, I've always stopped and captured uh, visuals that are intriguing right. to me. Right. I, this really was born um, more so actively back in April when I had to find ways to fuel my creativity because I'm not I wasn't existing in the world we're on lockdown I'm in the the confines of my apartment which I absolutely enjoy um but just to be able to play with light and with color um in a certain way was was a welcome challenge okay Um, understood because I noticed the pivot yeah yeah Yeah. it was interesting yeah I'm just cats and bread (laughs) well those are equally (laughs) exciting Cats and I'm bread. just cats and bread. <laughs> <laughs> we need to rework your bio. To just, that, actually, that's it. It's true. There's a dog in there every yes, now and then. Yes. And, you know, some a light or yes. something. Um, if you could, no, you, it'll be piano. Never mind. Um, I was going to ask if you can learn an instrument. No, 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 no. We get to ask. Then we get to disqualify that that answer. It would be the guitar then. Oh, that's too easy. That's true. If you if it couldn't be either one of those two, <laughs> yeah. I'd love to play harmonica. Hmm. Yeah, that would be cool. That's just a nice Instantly. thing to do. You should start doing that. Well, maybe I'll invest in a harmonica well, and a hammock. Well, <laughs> you know how harmonicas work. A harmonica will be in a key. So as long as if the song is in that key, you can pretty much go wah, 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 and it'll yeah. sound relatively right. It's not like you have to, you know what I mean? That's how I sound. That's how I feel I sound when I speak. Like Charlie Brown adults, but melodic. But you know, but in other words, you know, go buy a C harmonica and look up what are your favorite songs that are in C, and just sit around and blow a harmonica to them, and it'll it'll. I need a new hobby or a hobby in general, so maybe I. Yeah, and then you end up. What ends up happening is you end up with a collection of harmonicas for all the different because the different (laughs) because the different keys you might end up doing a song in, yeah. Or you get really good and you get one of them you can shift around with keys yeah, and stuff. Right. But that's like, yeah, that's for fancy they're, people. Technically right. they're all in two keys, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, sorry, got to put my glasses on. Uh, are there any songs you'll avoid listening to? Uh, yes. Actually, but I still keep them in my in my playlist and in, in my archive. Like I'll Just listen to the... spring up on you? Yes, and I'll... I'll 
indulge for about, I don't know, 20 seconds, and then I'll say, okay, this is, I can't do this. <laughs> you keep and challenging we'll, yourself. Yes, like suddenly, we'll like maybe you'll emerge into a new being yes. that likes Hotel California suddenly. Yeah. <laughs> um, Can you uh, name one of them? Uh, I love this song, not so much what's behind the memory of it. Right, uh, that's what we're looking yes, for. It's Second Summer um, by Yacht, I think. Please don't play it, by the way. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do <laughs> that to like, you. No, that's like you're torturous. not going to say, by the way, this brings yes. psychological pain. Please do it. Um, it's a great song. Just not so great of a time. Are there any really obscure bands that, or musicians that you're into that you'd like to you know, direct some attention toward? Probably, but I'm drawing a blank right now. Um Oh, this is a this is a recent discovery, the Black Pumas. Hmm. Great. October thirty three. What kind of music? It is like nostalgia, like you've never heard it before, but the album I think came out in two thousand nineteen. Okay. So it's a very like classic rocky kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um Yes. 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 Um, do you listen to albums in like sequential order? I try to because I, you know, I appreciate an artist's endeavor to produce something like that, and there's certainly an intended arc there. Um, and I've I've really set the intention to do that more often lately um, than I ever have before. So. Seems like there's a movement toward that, and I think it's because the world has become so fast and disparate and crazy and fragmented that people are trying to go back to something that has, like, an entirety to it. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing a lot more of that. Yeah, and it's interesting, too, if I'm listening to my music on shuffle or something and I come across a song um, that I'm really absorbed by in the moment, I'll just swivel and change pace and go listen to the entire album. Um, album you've listened to the most in your life? Most in my life. Actually, it's probably The Pierce's 13 Tales of Love and Revenge. Um, karaoke? Question mark? Uh, <laughs> sure, why not? You'll karaoke? I'll karaoke. That's in front of people. Yes, um, but I would assume that there's some sort of uh, distilled Desiree beverage happening. I was going to make a distilled Desiree beverage joke, and you just ruined it okay, for Okay, well, I apologize. <laughs> I'll try not to do that again. So, in other words, a little social lubricant, you're not going to yeah, be afraid of saying, yeah. you just, I mean, you I'm just gonna... imagine that the audience is a bunch of copy machines? <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's a good, that's a good action to take. Um, I, I, I might need some encouragement outside of the liquid, like I'm not... I'm going to actively volunteer myself to get up and sing karaoke, but, but if it's there's like swept a party up, and somebody gets yeah, yeah, if somebody's <clears throat> swept up in the moment, you dancer, always yes, like in public. Um, I guess that would require me having to go in public, but but if you like yeah, at a wedding or something yeah, afterwards, yeah. you'll get out there and dance yeah. like Elaine. Yes. <laughs> uh, got a fourth song that almost made the list. You'd care to give a short version of the story with? Um. Yes, and it kind of hmm, it kind of wraps into my last uh, summation of just music is about progression and life progresses. Um, and I would, I almost submitted the song. It was uh, Modest Mouse, Miss the Boat. Um, it's a little bit more poetic than the ridiculousness of the last tune. Um, 
but it's a good one. And it's one of those those jams that I can listen to forever and always and never get tired of. One of my most memorable concert experiences was seeing Modest Mouse at a bar in Tampa. It was like a gig they didn't really promote that somehow I knew somebody. And we got there early enough that we got to sit at the bar on a bar stool. And they were 25 feet in front of us where everybody's crowded up there. So we could just sit there and be like, hey, can we have another one of these? drinks and watching Modest Mouse on stage. I'm ridiculously jealous. I didn't even, I wasn't even Brilliant. a fan of theirs necessarily, so I was like, sort of, it was sort of lost mm-hmm. on me. I was just happy I had a seat and I could order drinks. Yeah, but, and yeah. feel the feel the But it was, it, was, it was amazing, that's for sure. Um, okay, 14-year-old uh, Desiree, what's she think of you here today with us? Oh, my. Or, or maybe not, maybe go back, back to the five-year-old. Five-year-old Desiree. The, the, the one who hadn't come out of her shell yet. Yes. Or um, you choose. I think both would be um, extremely surprised, but I, I've made a commitment uh, to myself to do something, maybe every day is a little ambitious to say, but to, to do things frequently um, and maybe terrify is a little ambitious to say too, but sufficient and adequate to suggest that I, I'm trying to do something every day that scares me or gives me pause um, because that's – got to follow your most – the path to your most authentic self. And the only way you're going to get there is to – rattle your cranium a little bit and just say yes yes well yes. amen to that and that's something that i kind of joke around with with gwen is just you know kind of doing things that were unexpected because it's like proof that we have free will mm-hmm. does that make sense yes and that's a lovely it's a lovely way to say it yeah um okay um, um i'm gonna try this time richard go for it okay of your three songs today you have to put them each into one of these three categories so it's like now you can't put two into one it's each song one you will guarantee that a thousand years from now people will still know it and listen to it one you will erase from existence it never occurred and the third is what becomes music for you for the rest of your life it's the only song you're allowed to listen to oh my um well we all know we're going to california resides in those boxes that's the box number three yes uh no, actually, I would say box number one. Oh, okay, yeah. gotcha. It yeah. has a chance of doing that on its yes, own. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so I went for I went yeah. for the obvious uh, the obvious approach. Um, disappearing from the face of the planet in perpetuity. Um, who that is an interesting. I'm actually I'm I'm gonna say uh, the porcelain by Moby. And then the song that I'm living in, right? Oh yeah, the yeah. song that if I'm you, living it's in. The what about Bob song? Well, just <laughs> if you turn on if you turn on a radio, if you turn on Spotify, whatever, it's the only one that you yes. get to hear. Yeah, um, it's the most interesting song in the world. It's <laughs> ironically boring. <laughs> uh, okay, got that. Um, it's time for you to recommend your three people who you will both share this with and hope that we can get on. Um, I would like to invite Maria Collier, who is an artist, um, and she paints to music, and um, she's very interesting. The other two um, is somebody that I haven't spoke to for a long time, 
but I follow on social media. Um, I was actually in theater camp with this person and went to the same high school. Her name is Carrie Ann, and she is a film photographer. She lived in New York for some time, um, and now she's out in California, and she shoots on film, um, and she shoots some pretty interesting people on film. Um, and the third person I would recommend is the Alliance's gallery director, Aaron. Mm. Um, he is a very – he's got some good stories and he's got some good songs. Um, so those are my – that's my bundle. Okay. Tag him on social media, okay. et cetera. Um, you know, starting in theater camp as a little kid and then winding up at a place that has like a really awesome theater camp – that must be pretty cool, even yes. though we didn't have it this year, or we. I still say we well, about the Alliance. it is. You, you are embedded. <laughs> um, uh, what was that like when you first had that first summer roll around and suddenly you were, you know, in the middle of it? It's a very pleasant and heartwarming thing to be able to watch um, a little bit of a reflection of yourself in some kids and and. The energy, too. I don't need to tell you. Yeah. The energy that just overwhelms the building and the pride of, of a final performance day. and um, uh, Them singing that final song. Yeah. You know, all the parents are yeah. crying. And, and the cool thing for me is now I've watched kids that were in, like, Red Group who are now, like, high school students. And they're all just awesome kids. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it's because of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we did it. We did it. Any final thoughts? Thoughts and prayers. Uh, thank you for having me. Thank you for doing it. Yes. This is awesome. Stealing the headphones, as you know. (laughs) Goodbye. We're out. (laughs) We make three song stories in the studios of WGCU Public Radio on the campus of Florida Gulf Coast University in Fort Myers, Florida. Richard Chinqui is co-creator and producer. Tara Calligan is online content producer and sometimes hosts. Christoph is his executive producer. Our theme song was made by Dave, Dave, Dave Cowan and Stick Martin at Monkey House Studio in St. Pete. For this week's parting tune, I'm starting in the main radio studio here at WGCU last Friday morning where I was filling in as Morning Edition host for John Davis because he was heading to the Keys for some R&R. I had recently stumbled across a CD of the soundtrack to the movie Rushmore at a thrift store, so I was using some of the little tasty interludes on it as bed music during breaks. But hearing the first one instantly time-traveled me back to Southern California in 1999 when I was on a grand multi-month road trip, the soundtrack to which contained a healthy dose of the Rushmore soundtrack. I could see and feel myself driving in that mess of traffic in my little blue Ford Bronco 2 and hear myself listening to these songs. It's like magic, I tell ya. This is track one called The Hardest Geometry Problem in the World. Keep listening. Next time on Three Song Stories. Yay or nay, Boudreaux and Thibodeau jokes. <laughs> All right. Uh, that yeah. laugh sounds like a yay. Yeah, that's that's a yay. Let me, let, I'll tell you this. Every morning I get a Boudreaux and Thibodeau joke in the email. In the email. <laughs>